so let's let's go back. I mean, CBC covered uh, this story a year ago about how you guys are using a little bit of the disability for for comedy. Tell me how this all came to be, Josh. Oh, well, it all kind of happened so fast, to be honest. Um, when I think about it, I uh, I went to school for uh, computer systems and networking, and uh, unfortunately, never found any work within the Newfoundland. And for the longest time, I was trying to move. I wanted to move to Toronto. Cause two of my biggest problems here in Newfoundland were the lack of jobs and the lack of accessibility in the city. So after trying to move and failing to move, because we all know that the market is not very good for selling, <laughs> uh, I decided to do something. I said, you know what? I'm sick of complaining and I'm just going to try and do something. So I got people together and word got out and CBC, before I knew it, CBC was interviewing me. And uh, it kind of really blew up after that. So, like, what what brought you into the interest of, of comedy? Because, I mean, like, you you know, some people will do comedy like a Seinfeld or a Bill Burr, and they'll have this, like, set routine. Um, so, like, were you ever fearful of doing a little bit of, like, mentioning about disability in your comedy act? Uh, no. Uh, I'm actually a very open kind of person, so I kind of... Went in with it with no fear. I kind of just stumbled upon it, to be honest. Uh, it was something I wanted to try as a hobby. You know, I'm not looking to make a living out of it. But uh, it started off as a hobby, and I really started to enjoy it. And uh, I don't really write my own jokes. I kind of make jokes out of my personal life experiences. Okay. No, no, like that that's that's fair. That's like a um a basically a, a relatability kind of factor. It's more or less like, you know, if someone was seeing um, you know, you coming up on stage and they're kinda of like, Oh geez, like what what's what's he gonna talk about? And then when you mention that, okay, like this is my disability. I'm making fun of my disability, like we're here to have a good laugh. Um that I feel like that's your kind of mindset. It's not really an inability as much as it is like I can laugh at it, I can have a joke with it. You, you're kind of inviting people in, correct? Yeah, yeah. I kind of get the feeling when I'm on stage and like, okay, this guy talking about it, it's okay for me to laugh about it too, you know. And I just use it to spread awareness about disabilities and the lack. Yeah, no, I, I like that. It's like instead of, I like how you kind of clued it in and instead of like, you know, pent in and uh, as I would use the term in my own existence, being a crying Brian instead of what they call the Karens of today. Um, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, instead of me always complaining about it, I'm going to, you know, I'm still going to complain, but I'm just going to make it in a humorous way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know, continue there, Kelly. Um, I was going to say with Josh's comedy, I find that, um, I mean, he's just talking about his life. So it's not, I don't find that you're so much making fun of your disability <laughs> so much as that's in terms of my interpretation anyway, but making fun of the facts of, you know, the reality of living with the, your disability 
and what that means. And anybody can relate to it. It's, it's very relatable, right. And funny. And it's a great way to just, um, yeah, put yourself out there in terms of vulnerability and being open about yourself because I think yeah. that's how how people really connect. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, maybe I just kind of worded it wrong of like just putting it, making fun of the disability. I mean, more or less like, you know, uh, in the sense of comedy, when people make fun of like, you know, if they went through a divorce or if they, you know, went through, um, you know, getting a bad movie role, like that's the way that I was looking at it. But it's, it's, right. it's, yes. it's yes. like, People are able to, you know, say, okay, well, he's laughing at it, and, uh, you know, he's inviting me in, so he's okay with it. It's life. <laughs> and I kind of like the clip that, so I was looking at a few of the clips, and I watched the CBC story a few days ago and refreshed myself. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When at first I was saying, okay, these guys are going to go up, they're going to kind of keep it clean, and they're just going to make a few jokes. And then when I seen the clip CBC used, I was like... Oh boy! I was like, these guys don't don't hold back. I think you made a joker on the expense of when people see you downtown, they hand you money, and you were like, I tell them to like, you know, like I I feel like fuck off, like don't do it. And I was just like, oh, he's going right for the juggler. Yeah, uh, it's okay and frustrating, but yeah. uh, something. Like but to be honest, the more uh, what happens. The more I just tend to laugh at it. No, no, and I, I liked it, because as soon as I, I heard the stand-up, I was like, yeah, if I put myself in his shoes and someone's just coming down and be like, oh, here you go, fella, and you're just like, I'm I'm just downtown. Leave me alone. Like, thanks for the money, but, you know, seriously. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's even worse when you're trying to refuse it and you still won't take it. So, like, you got no choice, yeah. you're going to take it in. So, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit to, to Kelly here as well. Kelly, um... You know, how did you engage with Josh? Like, when was your first meeting? How did your relationship start? Well, Josh started the Accessible NL Facebook group in response to people um, sharing the article about him that was written. Um, well, there's two of them, right? First about his comedy act, and then the same journalist, I believe, followed up uh, with him and his friends and went around and checked out different venues downtown uh, to look at the real life experience of accessibility at, at venues downtown on George Street and um, there was just one one that's really accessible in terms of entrance and washroom facilities and I believe that's O'Reilly's so um, yeah people were sharing that and talking about it on social media and incur and Josh encouraging Josh to you know continue with his efforts to um, do something, as he said. And he started the Accessible NL Facebook group and a friend of mine who is uh, who knows of my interest in accessible or universal design um, uh, told me I should join this group. And then uh, Josh and I began talking because uh, I know about the commercial building world and dealing with things that in that way because and that was the focus of the article was about um wheelchair accessibility on you know at facilities and um anyway we just started talking and it led to us learning that we had a lot in common in terms of the kind of work that we wanted to be doing and as josh mentioned he felt that there weren't many employment opportunities here from in Newfoundland. And I was like, I just 
go around and do whatever the heck I want to do and get people to pay me for it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Why don't we just do that? <laughs> no, not worry about finding a job. Let's make some jobs. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I like that kind of approach to it. I like how you kind of tied it all in of, you know, bringing in the comedy aspect and kind of touching base there on the accessibility. Um, now, you know, since the article was posted, it's, it's, I believe it's about a year or so ago. Um, have you seen any changes? Have things been updated or is it still more or less like falling on deaf ears? Huh. Personally, I've seen a tiny bit of change. Obviously, there's still a lot more to do. But since my article, I've been downtown and I've seen uh, businesses already went ahead and they built their own little rep. Um, one example of that would be the travel bug. I know that the travel bug is only one little step up. So what they did, they made their own little wooden ramp and laid it out there. And whatever is right next to travel bug, I forget what that is, but they did the same thing. And I noticed in the parlor, do you know where they did the ice cream store that have? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the parlor, uh, they have a great system that we actually might end up using. They, uh, they ring a doorbell for rent. Uh, when you ring the doorbell, the employee would come out and they would put that in the ramp. And that way you could get right in. So I've seen a couple of changes and we're hoping to make a lot more ourselves in the coming years. Okay, okay. Now, in, in terms of just when you're mentioning about comedy clubs, and I, I believe in the article, I believe it was Warren who mentioned the comment of all it takes is a little bit of a, a you know, two by four and building it. Like, it's not much cost to just build a ramp there. Um, you know, with the accessibility, when you see, just say, clubs or bars that you're not able to get into and you mention this to them, uh, you know, do you, do you feel a little bit kind of... I guess rejected or a little bit deflated when you when you come back and they're basically it's still not there or you know does it kind of discourage you? Well, of course, every time, but it doesn't keep me from trying. And I uh, and some of the times you mentioned to it, and like it really depends on who's there. If I say it to some random employee, there's probably a very little chance that it's going to get up to the boss and then yeah. like or the owner or whatever and. You really depend on who you talk to. But yeah, I did. I did try that a couple of times, and nothing really came out of it. And yeah, it is disappointing. So we're just trying another another way to go about that. But yeah, and that was the start of our discussions. I would say, Josh, what yes. what what is that? What what is the best way to approach this? And exactly, yeah. um, if our goal is just to get as many you know, entrances at least to be wheelchair accessible downtown, dealing with heritage buildings and all kinds of complications. Um, and knowing that, like you said, most people that you're going to talk to working in those places don't actually have anything to do with making those decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, yeah, what we decided to do out of that was to figure out what are the options and not not to go around and approach everybody really until we had that sorted out and then say 
um, here's what here's what you can do about that. Pick one, <laughs> right? <laughs> and yeah. and make it make it really easy. And like, um, yeah, there's and there's lots of different solutions depending on the situation. But it really is not a one size fits all. And no. so we're trying to be really considerate of the challenges of you know businesses and then also the property owners and understanding you know I, I, I know about it from that side which is helpful and and I've done a lot of work in that way with um, with working in, with heritage properties in Halifax which is very similar to the to the landscape of, of buildings in downtown St. John's so like the, the, the kind of concept I want to get here as well is so you know when you're when you're asking these companies to be a little bit more accessible do they come back with reasonings of why they're not accessible do they do they we haven't started we haven't started that campaign yet so this is what we've been doing is working on planning all of that which has been a great weird thing that happened out of the whole global pandemic thing (laughs) yeah yeah we're looking we're looking to give them options when we go talk to them so before before we got to adoption, we don't really want to talk to them until we got something to give them. You know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like you, you want to have it all planned out, right? Like you, like it's like, you know, if if you said to someone, "I'm going to plan a road trip," they're like, "Great, where where are we going? What are we doing?" Blah blah blah. And you're like, "Well, I haven't thought of all that part." So then they're going to just look at yeah, you and be like, "This guy, this guy doesn't have it all thought out." But if you come to them and say, got a road trip planned, we're going here, this is how much we're going to spend, this is what, blah, blah, blah. Then they're like, oh, he's he's thought this one through. Okay. Exactly, yes. Um, now, Josh, when you're uh, doing your comedy, do you, how do you find the crowd reacts to it? Like, I know in the clips, it seems like people are a little bit a little bit shocked. They laugh. They, they, they seem to enjoy it. But do you ever get taken back of when you were first doing it? Did it take some time for people to really engage with you? Oh man, I love that. It's hilarious. It actually makes me laugh a lot into to myself to be honest. Uh yeah, they're a little they're a little taken back at first. But uh if I two or three talks in, uh they generally loosen up and understand, oh, he's making fun of his disability, he's laughing, it's okay for me to do the same. But in a lot of situations, it's not okay to laugh at the disabled guy. So I totally flipped it around, and yes, they are taken off by the first, but like I said, after two or three jokes, they warm up, and they listen up, and they love it. Yeah, it's funny because, like, so I'll dive into it a little bit here as well. Like, I, when I have my disability, so I have Sturge-Weber syndrome, so that's kind of, you have either seizures or strokes, um... Now, I know when I was doing a little bit of comedy in Ottawa, uh, I, I had mentioned, like, some, you know, you see it on Family Guy. I think they had a, a, a comedy clip there of Peter rowing a boat, and he talks about stroking the boat. So he keeps on yelling out stroke. And, of course, in the distance, there's a person actually having a stroke. And oh, the my pers- God. <laughs> and, the person, and the person goes, stop making fun of me. And I was just there like, a part of me was like, hey kind of mean but then there was a part of me that's a little bit of a dark sense of humor that was like uh it's family guy i kind of think it's funny but i don't think i'd ever do it in the in the sense of an actual person um but it's it's one of those things that i find with humor it's 
it's give or take. And when I'm looking at your humor and I was like, okay, at first I was kind of taken back and I was like, okay, like, do, do I laugh at this? Do I let him laugh? And then I laugh, like, how is this going? And then when I noticed that the audience was laughing, I'm like, okay, this is good because if the audience just stayed there still phrased and was like, how do we take this? I mean, that, that, I've, that, seen that's... People, I've seen people do that at your show, Josh. <laughs> it's like, like they don't know how to react, and it's really funny. <laughs> it's funny. I started, uh, Brian, I started hosting. I really enjoy hosting comedy shows. I realized that I enjoy hosting more than performing. So before... Well, before, welcome to the club. Yeah. Yeah, before the... Uh, coronavirus happened, I had my very first show. And okay. I hosted it with my company buddy, Andrew. And um, they're the Jake person that Kelly talking about. I think I know <laughs> who you're talking about. Was she a lady in a red coat? Yeah, there were, they were a couple. There were yeah, two a lady in a red coat. They were not happy at all. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. It was so funny, though. It was, well, like, funny in that uncomfortable awkward way where you're like <laughs> cringing <laughs> watching them and they were the first one to come too yeah they arrived first and they did, did like you know they left immediately and it just made me, <laughs> made me laugh even more so yeah. and and that's what i like it sounds like you have a good sense of humor about it because see some comedians whether like you've been in it in like 20 odd years, you're new to it, whether like, you know, you, you have a disab disability or not, depending on what they're talking about, some people will just get up and leave and just be like, this is, this is not for me. And then some of the comedians just go like, that's it. I just seen two people leave, even though I have a hundred more here, two left, how do I handle it? But it sounds like you handle it as it's just say, okay, that makes me laugh even more that these people are so either mortified or confused that it's like well they're gonna go home now and be like why did we just sign up for what did we watch and you're just there sitting at home laughing going i can't believe they walked out <laughs> yeah, well, I, they were nice enough to stay i would say that they stayed to the end of it but when there... it was over they left pretty quickly <laughs> there was some stuff though like i can understand not everybody is game for that <laughs> right i can yeah. understand that there's like because comedy is such a, I mean, you, there's a lot of lines being crossed there, right? <laughs> it's it's very subjective. Let's put it in that term of depending on like you know what you find funny, what you don't like. Did I, Josh? I don't know like you know who you have as your top ten comedians, but for me, uh, like Louis C.K. is up there. But I mean Louis C.K. I haven't heard of in a year or two for you know obvious reasons. But that doesn't mean that I don't find him hilarious. Yeah. It's it's a tough divide when you take the personal and the professional, but um, I, I like some of the stuff they mentions is dark. I, I think if you've gone back and watched one of these comedian or like one of these stand ups, he talks about how uh, he's in Arizona and he asked the crowd, "How many of you are here are sixty five or older?" And they raise their hand and a few of them go woo. And he goes, see, why would you do that? He's like, you don't know what my question is. I might just say, anyone who's 65 and older, done. You're dead. We're, we're getting rid of you tonight. And uh, they, like, you know, the crowd laughs. And then he, he's more or less saying like, but why are you here? Like, Arizona is known for old people. Like, why haven't you died yet? And then people are like, what? But a few of the crowd is like, 
yeah, this is funny, but I'm guaranteeing you there's at least three in that crowd that were like, I'm leaving. I'm never coming back to a Lucy K show. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Um, so in, in saying all that, Josh, like you mentioned about the implement there and Kelly as well of, you know, the access, accessibility, Newfoundland, getting things set up, um, working things out. Like, I know you kind of touched on it, but how is it going? Like, what kind of stages are you in? Like, is it stage one, stage two? Uh, get this point, it kind of feels like stage infinity. Um, <laughs> Uh, to be honest, we were slow down a bit because of the whole coronavirus, kind of like every, a lot of other people, obviously, all over the world. So because of that, we kind of got thrown backwards a little bit. But um, in terms of stages, I don't know, Kenny, what stage do you say we're at? Um, we're definitely in the planning stage. And planning like stage. I said, we got together with a group of people who just are random people that were the ones who showed up, you know what I mean? And we started having meetings and talking about what kind of things we were seeing happening, uh, make, just identifying things we might want to do. Um, is this thing, right? And uh, mm. so we went through that for a few months, and then we identified a few specific goals, the most immediate one being um, – to get ramps on buildings downtown and, you know, make and figure out a real, a way to do that. That's working with business owners and building owners and with other, you know, things that are going on, like, you know, just a holistic approach to that. <laughs> and so we identified that as the first thing we want to do. And we've got that kind of figured out uh, now how we want to do that. And we are, we've just been planning a lot and putting the time into creating our um, structure and business tools that we need in order to, you know, you don't always get time to do that. And we did have the time. So we, we focused on that. Now we're kind of coming into some restrictions being lifted. That's going to change what we're able to do and, We'll be launching a newsletter soon, I guess, will be one of the first real um, operations, you know, that we're undertaking. So we're going to start doing that, getting people to sign up for a newsletter and sharing information about things that are going on in the community with businesses, with other organizations, um, and celebrating people and, and organizations that are doing good work uh, in the same kind of line that we're doing which you know there's a there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot uh, of support in in Newfoundland and all lots of great things going on and efforts that that have been happening for a long time and we just want to um, you know hook into that and find a spot where we can fill in where something is needed and that's what we've learned that that is needed is this kind of a liaison piece and, you know, a, a place for members of the community just to have a voice and, and uh, you know, share in, in their ideas mm -hmm. because everybody has great ideas and is very supportive. The Accessible NL Facebook group is uh, a really supportive group, you know, just in sharing information and, 
and helping each other, you know, just random people sign up there sometimes. They're like, Hey, you know, I just encountered this in my family. My dad has, has this disability now all of a sudden. Right. And would they had to do things to their house and, and this person just came on and didn't know anything and asked questions. And everybody just came with answers and solutions and call this guy and do that. And, and it was great. So yeah, that's what we're doing. So like now with all the process, like we're coming close to the end here, but I just want to make sure with, with all the process that you're doing, it sounds like you're really diving in, you know, uh, dying the I's crossing the T's, making sure attention to detail, very key, uh, bringing back the, uh, McGuire and, uh, (laughs) it's, it's, it's coming down here, but, uh, I guess kind of want to bring it whole circle here. So with all this that's being done, everything that you're getting into, what's, what do you think is the end goal in terms of like, is this a year from now project that you're hoping to see build? Or is it like, uh, you know, a few, maybe, you know, six months down the road? Like what's, what do you think is the whole, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the end goal in terms of when it will all be achieved? No, no well, end to that. No, there's <laughs> definitely no end to that. It really depends on the building, to be honest. Uh, we certainly got a lot of, a lot of work ahead of us in terms of that. Um, but we started, I guess, to answer your question, we kind of started off simple with, the, like Kelly said, making ramps for downtown. There's a lot of vendors downtown that are only a step up, so a little ramp. I see what you did there, Josh. I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) But literally, it doesn't step up, so a little time to ramp and nothing to have. So we were going to start there, and then once we get comfortable down there and know what we're doing, we want to continue on making the rest of the building accessible, or the bathrooms and whatnot. There are cities all over the world that are older than St. John's, and their heritage buildings are made accessible, and there's no reason why we cannot do the same here. Yeah, we, we've that's what we've learned a lot from people in the group is people sharing stories and pictures and things of of places and stuff that they've seen in their travels, especially. And so, um, I guess how I would answer that question about what is the what is the goal or the end. When when is that going to happen? I don't know. But I mean, our I'd say our overall goal has something to do with making Newfoundland more accessible as a as a tourism destination. And, you know, there's what we want to do, I think, in terms of with the buildings downtown is more so just uh, get some community involvement and support and sharing of ideas and just raise the bar and keep raising the bar in that regard. And, um, you know, it's, it's a small step in the right direction. Yeah, and the bar is too low. The bar is way too low. The bar right is too low right now. And a lot of it, Brian, I'm not going to lie, a lot of what we do is just letting people know, informing people about this. Because if you're not a person with a disability, or if you don't have someone with a disability in your life, you are not going to be thinking about disability problems. No, that's the great thing about the comedy, Josh. I think that it it really opens people's eyes <laughs> to 
Yeah, really good. I had people come up to me and say, great show. It really opened my eyes. I had no idea what it was like. Blah, 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 you know, that stuff. So a lot of what we do is just awareness. We want to let people know, look, there's people that want to visit your store but can't get in. Here's how you can do that. Because especially with the heritage buildings, if you are going to, if you're going to modify a building that old, it's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of money. It really is. So HS by now will provide a loophole, I guess, around that. The ramps that we provide will not be a permanent structure to the building. But for that campaign, we think that that's the easiest for the tar- target. Campaign, yeah. yeah, that's the easiest target are the ones where, you know, that's all that can be done, which in some cases, like Josh said, because of money, that's all that can be done in a lot of cases. So it's too bad. But you know what? I think a lot of people are scared from doing anything because they think it's going to be a lot of money. And, and these these things we're talking about are not a lot of money. It's easy. Well, yeah, well, not only that, it's really difficult. Like, I'll give you an example. Brian, I got a lot of tattoos. I, uh, I love my tattoos. My, my, uh, when I was getting them done, my tattoo guy... His place wasn't accessible, so I had to get my friend to help me in. Now, even that guy, and he wanted, he wanted to make it accessible. He said, Todd, what do I need to do? Like, can you help me out? And I said, sir, sir, Dan, I'll help you out, no problem. And we looked through the city papers, and you got to get permits, and you got to get a, uh, an engineer involved, and it took a lot of red tape. It's a lot. From the gecko. And it just makes it really hard for the average person to get their building accessible while going through the city. How did you guys find the interview? Was it good? Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, I'm uh, I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk about what we're doing. Thanks. And... um... Yeah, it was it was enjoyable. It's our first interview together. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, one thing you gotta know about me, Brian, I uh, I don't mind talking at all. <laughs> no. That's gonna do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, 
Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.